When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 84 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. The Adventures of Maisie started out as a series of movies starring Anne Southern, which were extremely popular and largely responsible for Southern's success. The first film came out in 1939 and led to nine more Maisie films from 39 to 47, all very successful. Their success led to a spin-off radio sitcom, The Adventures of Maisie, starring Southern reprising her role. The series ran from 1945 to 1947 on CBS Radio, sponsored by Eversharp. It was then revived from January to December of 1952 on the Mutual Radio Network. One of Maisie's catchphrases from the show, likewise I'm sure, became quite popular in the 1940s. Now sit back and enjoy the May 10th and October 18th, 1951 broadcasts of The Adventures of Maisie. Hiya, babe. Say, how about... Ouch! Does that answer your question, buddy? The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. You all remember Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's famous Maisie pictures. In just a moment, you will hear Maisie in radio, starring the same glamorous star you all went to see and loved on the screen, Anne Southern. But first, your announcer. Southern as Maisie. Yep, I'm Maisie, like the man said, Maisie Revere of Brooklyn. They say all roads lead to Brooklyn, and I believe it, because I've personally walked over all of them. I'm in show business, and it seems I'm either walking to a job that's ready to fold or walking back from one that just has. In this case, I've just been with a stock company playing in a play called The Cherry Orchard. I hope the audience has understood it. I didn't. And when they cut the orchard down in the last act, I wanted to go out and help chop. Well, this morning I was walking along the road in the rolling hill country, and the scenery and the clouds were so beautiful I could hardly feel the shellac in my feet were taken. Then I heard a car pull up behind me and stop. Good morning, young lady. Oh. Oh, don't be scared dive into those bushes. Oh, <laughs> hello. You know, pardon my presumptuousness, but... Uh... 
May I offer you a ride in this ancient but honorable old chariot? Well, I don't know. Well, I... I always stop and ask every beautiful young girl if she wouldn't care to ride to the next town with the country's most notorious rake, woman chaser, and libertine of 50 years ago. Well, I must admit that's a very frank approach. Oh, yes. I've always found that honesty was the best policy. Occasionally. <laughs> but if you don't feel safe sitting up here with such an unsanctified character, you can ride in the trailer behind. Oh, no, I'm not that worried. But let me read the sign on the trailer. Oh. Old Doc Quackenbush, sole inventor, manufacturer, and distributor of Quackenbush's Universal Elixir. Uh-huh. Oh, well, then you're a doctor. In some states, yes. Uh, allow me to introduce myself. I am L. Ron Quackenbush, M.D. Uh, well, I suppose the M.D. stands for Miracle Doctor. No, it stands for Medical Delinquent. Oh. <laughs> well, my name is Maisie Revere. I'm glad to know you, Doc. Well, the pleasure's mine, Maisie. Well, here we go. Well, so you're the inventor of Quackenbush's Universal Elixir. What do you mean by universal? Well, I call it that because everything in the universe is in it. <laughs> it also happens to be good for almost anything you can think of. Cures everything from alcoholism to sobriety. Now, that reminds me, it's time to take my regular morning antitoxin now. <laughs> you take the wheel for a moment, my dear, huh? Okay. Yeah, I got it right here next to my heart. Yeah. What are you curing right now? Alcoholism or sobriety? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's wonderful stuff. <laughs> One of my best batches yet. <laughs> well, Maisie, I've forgotten just what it is I'm trying to cure myself of, but I think it's old age. <laughs> yeah. Well, that took 20 years off my age. Well, let me know when you get back to 25, and I'll go back and ride in the trailer. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> How do you sell the stuff, anyway? Now, please, do not refer to the elixir as stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. Swill, yes, but stuff, no. When I tell you, just park my trailer in a likely spot. I open up the collapsible stage, do a few magic tricks to collect the crowd, and then I give them the pitch. Well, gee, it doesn't sound very sure-fired, Doc. How you doing? Well, to be frank, only fair, yeah. I gotta admit that I'm always relieved when I go over a county line. You know what you need, Doc? Another shot of the elixir? No, you need a shill. Now, here's the way I see it. You do the tricks and start the pitch. Right in the middle of it, I bust in. I'm in agony. I'm suffering from acute coreopsis of the lobelia. Yeah, just a moment, my pretty wench. There might be a few flower lovers in the crowd who'd recognize that disease. Well, all right, it can be something else. But anyway, that'll attract a little attention. Especially if I wear a bright red sweater. Now we're making progress. I'm ready to kick the bucket any minute. I'm in terrible shape. My dear young lady, your shape will never be terrible. Oh, don't interrupt. The tank's just the same. Yeah, famous for my veracity. I come up on the stage. I tell you that I've tried everything. I've been given up by the Mayo Brothers, the Menninger Brothers, and the Ringling Brothers. I'm at death's door. And I pull you through. Uh, well, don't you think we can use a little fresher material than that? Yeah, and I got carried away. Yeah. I come to you as a last resort. I'm desperate. You get out the bottle of Quackenbush's Elixir of Panther Oil and hand it to me. Oh, this is great, Maisie. I drink it. Slowly a sensational change comes over me. I get better right in front of their eyes. I'm cured. I feel wonderful. I buy ten bottles and jump off the stage and exit through the crowd. Followed by the entire high school basketball team. Yeah. Well, 
What do you think of it? Oh, it sounds absolutely perfect. But um, are you a good enough actress to handle the part? Doc, I've been everything from Little Eva to the Hunchback of Notre Dame. I'll admit they weren't Broadway productions. They've been Fifth Road Companies and Major Bowes units. But I've had plenty of experience. Well, Maisie, I'll make you a full partner. Shake, partner. Uh, and I think we ought to have a quick snort of elixir to seal the bargain, huh? Here, you might as well know now what it tastes like. Okay. <coughs> you like it? Dr. Quackenbush, this is an intestinal hot foot. You ought to serve a blowtorch for a chaser. <laughs> Here's your soda, good-looking. Well, thanks, handsome. Maisie. Maisie Revere. Gee, somebody knows me in this town. I hope it isn't the sheriff. Oh, Maisie. Gee, it's wonderful to see you. Well, uh, um, hello. Remember me? Steve Carmichael? Um. Well, in those days, it was Captain Steve Carmichael. Oh, oh, sure. You were a doctor in the Air Force in England, and I was with the USO unit. That's right. Oh, uh, you were going on a combat mission the next day. Uh, yes. Or at least that's what you told me. Seems to me every guy I met was going on a suicide mission the next day. Well, Maisie, I was so crazy about you that I would have told you anything for that date. Do you remember it? I remember exactly how you looked. Uh-uh, be careful. It was pretty hard to tell how anybody looked in the blackout. Oh, I didn't have to see you. Every time a buzz bomb went off, you grabbed hold of me. Of course, um... I grabbed hold of you because I was a little scared, too. Yeah. As I remember, sometimes you didn't even wait for an explosion. <laughs> oh, Maisie, it was a wonderful night. I've never been so scared and so happy at the same time in my life. Ah. Well, <laughs> I guess this is the little town you told me about, hmm? Mm-hmm. The village square with the bandstand, the lazy river that winds through the town, and the city jail with your initials on the wall of cell number five. <laughs> I guess I did spend the evening talking about me, didn't I? Well, I had to keep you talking. I was afraid to let you change the subject. <laughs> well, did you hang out your shingle here? Yes, Maisie. And I've got a wonderful practice. You know, there have been four generations of Dr. Carmichael's in this town. Oh, well, I suppose you've already started arranging for a fifth. How, how many children do you have? Oh, now, Maisie, you didn't think I could ever marry anybody but you, did you? Ah, oh, come on now, Steve. You haven't been waiting for me all this time. You're smarter than that, I hope. I'm afraid not. Uh, Maisie, why didn't you answer the letters I wrote you? Oh, well, you know how it was over there. Guys were falling for girls they'd never think of twice about at home. Well, they they were awful sweet letters, just the same. <laughs> well, anyway, you're here now. What are you doing in town? In town? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, um, I, I'm just... Passing through, I, I have sort of an acting job waiting for me. Well, Maisie, I'm going to do my darndest to keep you here. And I'm going to start out right now by having you to dinner with my folks tonight. Oh, well, no, no, please, Steve. I'm not the girl you want. I've got the wanderlust. It's in my blood, just like show business. Well, I think I can give you something to remedy that. Wait here while I phone my mother and tell her the wonderful news. She's heard all about you. I'll only oh. be a second. Oh, gee. Say, handsome... Anything you say, good-looking. When Dr. Carmichael comes back, tell him I had to run and not to wait for me. Uh, I'll wait for you. Just give him the message. <laughs> 
Haven't you got a message for me, too? Yeah. You make a very fine soda, jerk. And so, my friend, I gave that poor suffering man a bottle of Quackenbush's Universal Elixir. He drank it. And in front of my very eyes, yours. Another case. A man with an auto mechanic. He came to me and said, Doc, he said, Doc, Doc, I'm ready for the junkie. I got a loose cylinder head, a leak in the fuel pump, my valves need grinding, my crankcase ought to be drained, and I've blown a gasket. I'm tired. I got no pep. My wife is singing a leave in me. Yes, my friends, he was a very sad picture of a man uh, standing there with a tear rolling down his cheek. Well, folks, I sold that man a dozen bottles of Quackenbush's Universal Elixir, and after two bottles, uh, he was cured. Not only did he have his old pep and energy back, but by the time he'd finished the complete treatment, it was bigamy. That's right, men. Step right up. Now, don't crowd. It's only $2 a bottle. It won't grow hair on your chest. But it'll make you feel like you don't need any. <laughs> I'll take one. I'm sorry, Sonny. You're too young. Yeah, how about me, Oh, Sonny? thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. How many bottles, sir? Thank, thank you. you. Hey, good luck, Grandfather. Uh, uh, now I'm going to show you folks a little trick, a little trick, folks. I have here a piece of string with two ends, one on each. And now then, I'm going to tie a knot. Let me through, thing. quick. Let me through. What? What seems to be the difficulty here? You are interrupting my trick, young lady. Are you Dr. L. Ron Quackenbush, the fabulous Dr. Quackenbush? Well, I'm famous in a modest way. Oh, Doctor, I've searched all over for you because I... Because I... Oh! What is the matter, my child? Here, step right up here on the platform. Oh, thank you, Doctor. Oh, oh, you're my only hope. There we are. Now turn around and tell us what your trouble is. All right. Now, please, ladies and gentlemen, my patient appreciates your good wishes. But this is an emergency. Hey, shall I boil some water? Yes, and then jump into it. <laughs> what? What I say is your ailment, my child. Dr. Quackenbush, I've been given up by all the greatest specialists in in Chicago and New York. I've been to Dr. Gubrador, Dr. Princeton, Dr. Gillespie, Dr. Kildare. Don't overdo it, me. And, of course, the famous Dr. Cronkite. No. Oh, can you do anything for me, Doctor? Can anybody do anything for me? I can. I know exactly what's wrong with it. Wait a minute. Am I to understand that you know the complicated nature of this unfortunate young woman's ailment? You bet I do. Oh, Steve. She's suffering from an acute attack of Flavmeyer's disease. Well, entirely wrong. And she'd have to be in the hospital under my personal care for the next six months. Now you be but I'll cure her if it takes the rest of my life. Oh, I'll be no. Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern, will continue in just a moment.
back to Maisie. Dr. Robinson is wanted in surgery. Dr. Robinson is wanted in surgery. Wonder what old Butterfingers has done this time. Last month he sewed up a tennis racket inside. Oh my gosh, is this thing still on? Holy! And uh, how are you feeling today, Maisie? Oh, Steve, you louse. Oh, no kidding. Gorgeous. How are you? If you want to find out how I am, look at the chart at the foot of the bed. Uh, oh, yes, of course. I'll look. Some doctor, I'll say. I'm feeling the same as I was yesterday and the day before and the day before that. I'm fine. Yes, but according to your chart, you're not quite as mad as you were. I see here that your temperature has dropped down to 115. Well, you'd be mad, too, if somebody kidnapped you off a stage and put you into a hospital. That was the best acting job I've had in a long time. Acting? You were just a live commercial for a bottle of souped-up soda pop. No. Oh, but, Maisie, of course you were. You did look pale and beautiful, dying with the ravages of Flatmire's disease. Steve, make him give me back my clothes, huh? Uh-uh. When are you going to say you'll marry me, Maisie? Oh, Steve, you're a wonderful guy, and I do like you a lot. Maybe even a little more, but... Gee, I don't know. I wouldn't make a good doctor's wife. Calling Dr. Carmichael. Dr. Carmichael, report to the clinic, please. Well, Maisie, I've got to go. They're calling me. I'll be back later. Come in. Oh, how are you? I thought you'd moved on. What, and leave you in the sink of iniquity? Never. Oh, um, Dr. Quackenbush, may I present Dr. Carmichael? Oh, how do you do? It's a pleasure to meet you, Doctor. I was just leaving. I, um, hope you won't mind. On the contrary, you've doubled my pleasure. Um, what you got there for me, Doc? Oh, just some flowers, Maisie. Little token of my undying esteem. Oh, they're lovely. <laughs> Thank you. Well... I'll be frank and say I didn't buy them, but there was a wedding going on as I walked down the street. I joined the guests momentarily and picked up these flowers. Great Scott, I hope it was a wedding. I don't know. These are lilies. Oh, well, the flowers are pretty. Here, let's throw these crummy yellow roses out. No, don't. Don't. They're from Steve. Oh, the doc who broke our act up? Mm Mm-hmm. What's he doing? Breathing hot on your neck? Uh Uh-huh. Look how my back hairs are all frizzed up. Well, you like this character? Well, sort of. He's an awful nice guy, Doc. And he's pretty crazy about me. He comes from an old family around here, and I've met his folks there swell. No, they're softening you up, getting you ready for the kill. They're giving you that little white cottage with the hollyhocks in the back routine. Well, sometimes I wonder if it isn't better than beating my feet off to the ankles, tramping around the world. I never had a home or a family of my own. Well, who does? Maisie, this is the most dangerous spot you've ever been in. You're beginning to believe all this stuff you never fell for before. No more visitors for a while now, Mr. Yeah, I'll only be a few minutes longer. Out, 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 out. Now, see here, you wretched Florence Nightingale. I am here in a professional capacity as Miss Revere's medical advisor. And I thank you to give me the proper courtesy I'm entitled to. Oh, well, let me introduce you to Dr. Quackenbush, uh, this is Miss Coogan. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were a doctor. Oh, sure. Don't be fooled by that checkerboard sport coat, the horseshoe tie pin, and the deck of cards in his vest. He's a doctor, all right. One of the best. Well, where's his little black bag? I didn't bring it. I left it in my office, along with my stethoscope, my fluoroscope, and my voodoo drums. Voodoo drums? Dr. Quackenbush is also a witch doctor. Anybody you'd like to see drop dead? Well. If you doubt me, I'll tell you a little about yourself. 
You're unmarried, unhappily unmarried. But you are intelligent, a good cook. You like candy, cats, and poultry. How did you know, Doctor? Because I'm a diagnostic wizard, my child. Maisie, stop yawning. I'm sleepy. All right. Miss Coogan and I will both go. But here's some decent reading material for you when you wake up. Oh, thanks, Doc. Just what I wanted. Variety, billboard, and the hobo news. Oh, I think I'll go to sleep. Dr. Carmichael's residence. Oh, hello, Mrs. Delphi, and this is Mrs. Carmichael speaking. Maid's day out, you know. <laughs> Dinner at the country club? Oh, Stephen and I would be delighted. So nice of you to think of it. Yes? Oh, yes, thank you. Bye. I'm home from school, Mom. And the door, dear. Okay. What'd you do in school today? You wrote themes on the subject of what's wonderful about my mother. Oh, well, I hope you could think of something. I said you were the only woman in town who'd been shot out of a cannon. Oh, yes. Yeah. In those days, I was a perfect 16-gauge. I also said you used to do the hula on a sideshow. Stevie. Well, I was just kidding. And besides, this is only a dream. Oh, yes, I forgot. Of course, it's true. It's true. Oh, hello, darling. Hi, you gorgeous. Hello, Stevie. Hi, Pop. Well, here comes the mushy stuff. Oh, I'm crazy about you, Maisie. And you're looking more beautiful than ever. Gee, you tell me that every day, and do I love it. <laughs> Any calls for me? Yes. Helen Thorson, she's a pretty girl. Lydia Brown and Roberta Cassidy and Mrs. Wilkerson. Oh, I wonder what they want. You, I suppose. Oh, yes. <laughs> I wish you could confine your practice entirely to old men. Oh, now, Maisie, you don't worry about me, do you? Maisie? 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 Wake up, Maisie. Maisie. Hmm? Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> where am I? Well, what happened? Oh, you've really been dreaming, gorgeous. Ah, oh, it's you, Steve. Uh, Maisie, look, I, I, I've got to run out on an all-night emergency call, but I, uh, I just have to ask you again. Will you marry me? Marry you? Mm-hmm. Well, yes, of course, Steve. Oh, Maisie, that's wonderful, wonderful. I, I'll see you later, honey. Oh, my gosh. What in the world did I say? <laughs> Doc Quackenbush, Maisie. Oh, I was asleep. Listen, dear child, I don't like your being in this place. It's a bad environment. All the doctors here are college men. you got to get out tonight. Oh, now. But, but I think I'm going to marry him. What? Marry a doctor? Oh, they make very poor husbands. They're out on call all the time, and every woman in town falls for a good-looking doctor. I know, but you have a home and children. But he's not in the business, Maisie. No. You'll have to explain what all the headlines and variety mean. And you'll be lucky if he ever tells you a new joke you haven't already heard. You might as well quit kidding yourself, Maisie. He ought to marry a local girl, a nurse, or a daughter of another doctor. Yeah, I suppose uh, you're right. Here, here, here's your suitcase with all your clothes. Now hurry up and get dressed. How'd you get my clothes? I've been treating Miss Coogan with Quackenbush's Universal Elixir. 
The results would amaze you. I'll be dressed in five minutes. Are you sure we can get past Miss Coogan, Doc? It's a cinch. Watch. Hello, Mr. Revere. I see you're planning on... Uh, planning on leaving us. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Quackenbush recommended it. Yeah, that I have. Dr. Quackenbush? Oh. Well, not really, Mr. Revere. I don't think... That, don't think that he is... He is a doctor. Yeah. Are you hiccuping, Mr. Revere? No, you are. <laughs> Oh, that's not the funniest thing. Well, as I was saying, I tried some of Dr. Quacker and Quack's universal elixir, and it's nothing but a little flavored water. Are you sure I have... I have hiccups? Uh, well, I think it's Dr. Quackenbush. Would you give this note to Dr. Carmichael when he comes in, Miss Coogan? I'd be delighted. Uh, let me ask you something, Miss Coogan. Are you happy now? I'm the happiest girl in the world. And when Dr. Carmichael comes in, I'm going to give him a great big kiss. She's cured. sun coming up, Doc. Yeah, Maisie, it's the dawn of another day. Yeah. The world lies before us, full of adventure, excitement, and suckers to sell the elixir to. I think I'll stop the car a moment so we can get the full treatment, eh? Ah. Oh, it sure is beautiful. Yeah. Tell me honestly, Maisie, are you glad I got you away from that guy? What guy? Oh, you mean Steve? <laughs> Never mind. You just answered my question. <laughs> well, he was a swell guy, Doc. But show business is my business, and I guess it always will be. I hate to admit it, but I'm looking forward to putting on the symptoms of Flabmire's disease at the next town. <laughs> You're a real trooper, Maisie. Yeah, this is the life for me. That's good, daughter. Yeah, I owe you a lot, Doc. Why, if it hadn't been for you, I might have been happily married the rest of my life. In just a moment, we shall return to the adventures of Maisie. again, here's Maisie. Well, that was the closest I've ever come to getting married willingly. I've been closer unwillingly, but that's another story. In that case, the guy had a gun and, well, I'll tell you some other time. As for Steve, I got a letter from him in care of Billboard a couple of weeks later. It seems that Miss Coogan gave him that big kiss when he came back, and it developed into a beautiful romance. 
The elixir did something for her, and Steve wanted a case of it to keep her in trim. <laughs> he also wanted to analyze it and see what was in it. So if you hear of somebody discovering a new vitamin or miracle drug in the next few weeks, you know that it's nothing but concentrated Quackenbush's universal elixir. <laughs> well, Feet, you got a new job dancing in a nightclub, so let's get there and get going. You've just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. Maisie was written by John L. Green. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. Supporting cast included Hans Conried, Johnny McGovern, Virginia Gregg, Sidney Miller, and Peter Leeds. John Heaston speaking. Say, how about it? Ouch! Does that answer your question, buddy? The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. You all remember Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's famous Maisie pictures. In just a moment, you'll hear Maisie in radio, starring the same glamorous star you all went to see and loved on the screen, Ann Southern. But first, your announcer. Southern as Maisie. Yep, I'm Maisie, like the man said. Maisie Revere of Brooklyn. I'm in show business, you know. You'll pardon me for always mentioning it, but since my last few jobs have been a stenographer, music teacher, receptionist, wrestling promoter, waitress, and undertaker's assistant, you might forget about the show business part. You see, my heart's in show business, but my stomach insists that I take a few jobs that pay money. But I keep on trying, and right now I'm going to see my, ha, uh, agent, Squirman Herman. You'd like Herman, that is, if you happen to like weasels. To give you an idea what a sweet guy he is, he got his mother a job as a queen of the powder room at a nightclub, and he charges her 10% commission. But as somebody once said, who wants an honest man for an agent? Well, Herman was glad to see me, he said. Hello, Herman. Hello, Maisie. Gee, I'm glad to see you, doll. Sorry I can't give you any more time, but I'm glad you dropped in. Now, I'll call you as soon as I get... Hey, now, wait a minute. You can't brush me off like this, Herman. Look, Maisie, I'm very busy right now. I'm expecting an important call from Hollywood any minute. Oh, quit kidding me, Herman. You couldn't accept a collect call from Chicago without going bankrupt. (laughs) I want to know what you've been doing to get me a job. Come on, tell me a few nice fat lies. Maisie, do I ever lie to you? Herman, you never even once told me the truth. Well, okay, so I'm a skunk. 
So sue me. And just when I'm working on a sensational job for you. The last sensational job you had for me was ringmaster in a flea circus. This is nothing like that. You mean this is nothing, period. Why don't you go out and get me a decent job at a decent salary for a change? Look, Maisie, if you don't like the representation you're getting, you don't have to stay with me. Get another crook to handle you. Oh, now relax, Herman. There's only one complaint I got. You never sell me anywhere. You aren't easy to sell, Maisie. You got too much experience. What producers want is an inexperienced, fresh young girl who's been in the theater all her life. You don't fit into that caricature. Maybe I'd better get another agent. Yeah, why don't you? In the meantime, I'll let you know if I get anything for you. But don't call me. I'll call you. Mm-hmm. I've heard that before, too. I'll take Maisie! Hello? Yes, this is his confidential secretary speaking. I see. Well, confidentially, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Goodbye. Maisie, you can't do that. This is a bigger organization than you realize. I'm no coffee and cakes agent. I'm making important money. Who was that? Some important actor, I suppose. It was the telephone company, and they're disconnecting your phone. Is that you, Maisie? Yeah, it was left to me. Oh. Well, there's a girl here waiting in the sitting room to see you, Maisie. Oh, thanks, Mrs. Kendi. I'll go right in. She didn't say what she wanted, but she's a quiet, mousy little thing. Oh. Oh, that must be Jenny Perkins. She's the shy type. Your ever-loving boyfriend, Eddie, poked his head in and said hi, babe, to her, and she blushed until her ears were the color of tangerine skin. <laughs> I'll see what she wants. Hello, Jenny. Oh, hello, Maisie. I hope you'll forgive me for coming over and imposing on you, but I'm in a terribly embarrassing spot. Well, what's the trouble? Have you fallen in love? Oh, it isn't a man. I wish it were, but it isn't. But it's sort of about men. Ah. You see, I've written a novel, and Lyman and Brewster, the publishers, want to buy it. What's embarrassing about that? Did you steal the story instead of doing it the old-fashioned way and thinking it up yourself? Oh, no. No, no, no. It's just that the novel is sort of... Well, it's kind of exciting in a way. Ah. I mean, uh, there's one girl and lots and lots of men and... Uh... Jenny. You mean it's spicy? Mm-hmm. Why, Jenny Perkins. <laughs> Wow, look at those ears light up. Oh, now, please, Maisie, I'm embarrassed <laughs> enough about it as it is. But how could you write a spicy book? Why, why, I've never even seen you out with a man. I made it all up, Maisie. I used my imagination. Besides, I live right across from the park near the Brooklyn Navy Yard. I have a pair of binoculars, and believe me, I've seen plenty. Well, I guess that's one way of getting story material. Uh, what, what's the name of the book? Well, I call it the... The Lusty Lady. Oh. It's the name of a sailing ship. But the ship was named after my heroine, Louisiana Lawford. Well, does she get married? Um, sometimes she does. Mm. Her first husband is a second mate. And her second mate is the captain. And her third mate is the first mate. You understand? Yeah, but who's on first? <laughs> anyway, the publisher wanted me to come in and have lunch with him. His, um... His letter sounded sort of, you know. Oh, yeah, I know. I said no. And then he wrote and said he wanted a picture of me to put on the back cover. 
He said I should be wearing either an evening gown or a bathing suit. Or... Oh, I catch on. There'll no doubt be a sensational picture of your heroine on the front jacket of the book, and he wants something just as interesting on the back. That's right, maybe. Yeah. And I... Well, look at me. I'm just not the type. Well... If I were the right type, I'd never have had time to write the book. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I was wondering... Well, do you know anybody who would let me use her picture to send in to the publisher? Well, what kind of a girl do you want to be like? Like you, Maisie. Oh, well, swell. You can have a picture of mine to send in then. Could I really? Uh-huh. Oh, Maisie, how wonderful. Oh, thank you. And if anybody asks, just say you wrote the book under the name of Jenny Perkins. Sure. And what's more, we'll find a picture that'll really knock that publisher right off his couch. <laughs> Oh, right here, Miss Kennedy. Oh, Maisie, you know that girl who came to see you a month or so ago? Yeah. She was here and left a couple of copies of a book called The Lusty Lady, and there's a picture of you on the back of it. And what a picture. Oh, yeah, I was wondering what happened. She wrote the book, and I loaned her my picture. Oh, but keep it a secret. I'm supposed to be the author, if anybody asks you. You are, huh? Mm-hmm. Have you read any of this? No. Is it good? I don't know, but it's hot enough to be a bestseller. Burned right through the living room table. Oh, stop it. Let's see my picture. Here. That alone will keep this book on the outskirts of Boston. Hey, it's pretty good. If you'll read about yourself there, you'll see that it says the heroine, Louisiana Lawford, is a thinly disguised version of the author. And that's you. Oh, my gosh. Let's look inside and see what my character is like. I'll be frank, dear. You haven't got any character. You're just all woman and you have a hilarious life. Let's see. Jim ran his rough hands through my hair and I felt his salty lips on my ear. Lou, he whispered hoarsely. Lou, forget about Steve and Michael and Richard and think of me. I love you and I'm going to... Wow. Go on, go on, keep reading. Oh, I, I don't know you well enough, Mrs. Kennedy. I'll try someplace else. Here. Jeffrey slipped his steel-muscled arm around my waist and drew me fiercely close to him. Keep on going. His lips were curved in a crooked smile and his eyes flamed as he looked me over. I blushed under his frank appraisal. Gee, isn't it a little late for her to be blushing? She blushes so much in the first chapter they think she's an Indian. Well, I'll flip through a little more. Oh, boy. Lord Elwood was a polished and meticulous gentleman until the huge, iron-bound door of his castle shut behind us. And then I saw the savage beast of a man who hid behind the polite smile and the ruffled shirt. Doesn't this girl ever run into a quiet man? Yes, and he leaves her a fortune when he dies on the next page. And to think that little mousy Jenny Perkins wrote this literary blowtorch. Oh, don't be silly, Maisie. You wrote it. At least that's what everybody's going to think, and you might as well get used to being the author. Mrs. Kennedy's rooming house, her speaking. Oh, yes, just a minute. For you, Maisie. Thanks. Hello? Oh, hello, Jenny. Yeah, I just saw the book, and all I have to say is, wow. Huh? Oh, 
Well, gee, I don't know, Jenny. Yeah, I guess it'd be good publicity, but... Well, all right, Jenny. I'll, I'll be glad to visit the publisher. I'll make like I'm a society girl, too, huh? Okay. Yeah, I promise. Goodbye. I guess that publisher's been panting away in his little office ever since he saw my picture. She wants me to see him today. That ought to be fun, but what was it she made you promise? She made me promise I wouldn't say ain't. Oh, Miss Perkins, I can't tell you how I've looked forward to meeting you. Well, dear Mr. Brewster, now that you've met me, you don't have to look quite so far forward, do you? Excuse me, I didn't realize I was leaning. <laughs> That's better. My, 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 you are lovely. And, Jenny, I found your book an exciting experience. It, uh, well, it brought out the brute in me, the savage primal man calling to his mate. Why, Mr. Bruce? It made the hair on my chest stick right through my shirt. Come here, Jenny. Uh, but, Mr. Brewster, I just wrote about all that. I haven't had time to do any personal experimentation, and I don't want to start right now. Oh, Jenny, I just want to crush you to me in a fierce embrace, and, uh, uh, how did it go in the book? Feel my fiery lips on yours. Thank you. And feel your fiery lips on mine in a flaming kiss that sets my senses blazing. That's all I want, come here, Jenny. You don't want me. You want a soldering iron. Uh, all right, Jenny. I'll behave. I believe I have myself under control now. Well, your ears are still twitching a bit, but that's not a danger signal. Now then, uh, what did you want to see me about? I'm afraid we've just discussed that. Hey, will you sit down on the couch? Discuss it all over again? Oh, what was it that Chaucer said about women? Oh, no, I'm wrong. That's what Sherman said about war. Well, there are other things. We want to do a lot of publicity on you. Pictures, interviews, stories of your life, literary teas, autographing parties at the big department store. Oh, well, wait a minute. That's wonderful, but I, I haven't time for all that. Well, what could be more important? Well, dear fellow, I have other interests, you know. I go big game hunting. I play polo. Polo? Disguised as a man, of course. I manage a minor league baseball team. Well, I... that's wonderful, but you can't do that right now. Your contract with us specifies that you agree to help us with publicity and promotion for the book. Now, you're going to be busy every day for weeks. But how'll I earn a living? I mean... You're going to make a fortune out of this book, Jenny. Oh, this is terrible. What's terrible? Well, you won't understand. But for the first time in my life, I've got a chance to make a name for myself. And it isn't going to do me a bit of good. The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern, will continue in just a moment.
crazy. Oh, I made it. I never thought I'd get home. Maisie, what happened to you? You look like you just got caught in the street sweeper. I feel like it, too. I've been chased by men plenty of times before, but this is the first time it was an organized chase. What did they want? Well, let's not kid around, Mrs. Kennedy. They're all madly in love with the author of The Lusty Lady, and they think that's me. Oh, there's somebody in the sitting room to see you. It's a man. What else? Well, I might as well face it and see who it is. Maisie. Herman, what are you doing here? And whatever it is, I'll bet you could be arrested for it. Maisie, doll baby, you're breaking my heart. I'm your agent. Why don't you ever drop in to see me? Well, the last time I did, you practically threw me out. You told me to get a new agent, too. Oh, <laughs> look, Maisie, I got a lot of wonderful jobs lined up for you, and this time it's for real money. That'll be a nice change from your IOUs and the soap coupons. But talk to my new agent about it. You didn't get a new agent, did you? You told me to. Yeah, but you know better than to pay any attention to anything I say. Oh, Maisie, how could you do this after all the things I've done to you? I mean, for you. Whenever you were broke and needed a loan, you always called on me. Yeah, but I never got a loan. And look at all the jobs I've gotten you. Name one in the last year. I've watched over you and protected you and kept you from harm. I've been like a mother to you. Like a mother. And now look what you do to me. I'm sorry. I was just kidding you, mother. Oh, you mean you didn't get another agent? You mean I did all that for nothing? Yeah, but it was a stirring performance, Herman. Now, what about these jobs and what do I do? You don't have to do anything. Just come out on the stage, tell how you wrote the lusty lady, where you got your ideas, and hint around that some of the characters are well-known personalities. I can book into the Copa tomorrow. The Copa Cabana? No, the Copa Cedic. It's an intimate little club down in the village. <laughs> oh, well, I know that little dive. It's a build-over basement in sort of a hobo heaven. Well, they pay me. Thousand a week. Holy Pete, one grand a week? Yep. If you're willing to offer me that, the club must be paying you at least three grand. Oh. And what's a little club like that pay me that kind of money for? Well, they know they can pack the joint solid with people who want to see the author of The Lusty Lady. Maisie, you're the hottest thing in show business, and I and can... And you're offering me a job in a little dive? How many shows a week would I have to do? Oh, you just work from noon to 3 a.m. or so? Good grief. How many shows, Herman? I told him I positively would refuse to let you do more than 200 shows a week. 200? Yep. Herman, that would kill me dead. Well, that's show business. Well, nothing doing. I won't take it. Okay. I can also book into another club at 2,500 a week. Three shows a night. Why didn't you tell me about that at first? These other cheap chiselers wouldn't split with me. You start tomorrow, Maisie. Oh, wait a minute. I can't do anything tomorrow. Huh? I'm autographing books at Macy's. Who booked you into there? The publisher. And day after tomorrow, I have to give a little talk over the radio. What are you getting for making the guest shot? Well, it's all free. It's to publicize the book. But, Maisie, you can make a fortune if you stop giving yourself away like this. Never mind the book. I'll get you a job in Hollywood. I don't want a job in Hollywood. I've had them, and you have to work too hard. No, there are lots of easy jobs. I know one guy out there who has a beautiful corner office, and all he has to do is look out the window and warn the head of the studio of approaching glaciers. When I look, Herman, I'll take that club job for 2500 a week, but let's do it fast. The way I'm feeling now, I won't last out the week. Now run along, I'm bush. Okay, I'll get that club deal ready to be finalized. So long, Herman. It was nice of you to drop in. Don't do it again. Goodbye, Maisie. Oh, Maisie. Oh, 
Oh, hello, Jenny. I, I came in and heard you talking to that man, and I didn't want to interrupt. Jenny, this thing is going all wrong. You ought to get all this publicity instead of me. Oh, gee, Maisie. It certainly is just like you to say that. You're so unselfish. Unselfish? Nothing. I'm tired of being chased continually by men who've read the book. <laughs> I think it's about time you realize what you've done to the men of this country. I, I guess I sort of stirred them up, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I opened my window last night and you could hear hundreds of them just in Brooklyn, baying at the moon. Oh, but Maisie, I'm not the type of girl that men are interested in. Jenny... Men are interested in all types of girls as long as they're females. Hmm. But I can see that you need a practical education about men. Well, I think it's more my appearance. I'm just not the exciting type, that's all. Well, you're not in that dress. It's about as form-fitting as a shower curtain. You're good-looking all right, Jenny. It's just that a man would have to look hard to realize it. But don't you worry, we'll fix you up. Oh, Maisie, will you really help me? Sure. I'm going to make a pot full of money passing myself off as the talented Jenny Perkins for a week or so. And I want you to learn some of the tricks of the talented Maisie Revere. Who is it? It's Herman. Are you decent? Yeah, come in, Herman. I'm just ready to sneak out the stage door. Great show, Maisie. Great show. You're really packing them in. I know. But can't I be billed as Maisie Revere? It's Jenny Perkins they're interested in. Who cares about Maisie Revere? Well, I do. When the name of Jenny Perkins loses its draw, what's Maisie Revere going to do? Sell popcorn at Ebbets Field? Well, you could do a lot worse. Just forget about Maisie Revere. She's a dead issue. Well, not with me, she isn't. Okay, come on. I wonder if there'll be the same crowd at the stage door this night. There'll be about 110 or 11 people. How do you know? I sold them tickets. Oh. Hey, 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 Until I zip this dress up your back and we'll see what it looks like, Jenny. Oh, well, maybe there, there doesn't seem to be very much of it. Well, it's enough. There. Now, let's see. Feels kind of drafty. Oh, you'll get used to that. Jenny, you're a very good-looking dish. Me? You won't have any trouble attracting the men. Your problem's going to be fighting them all. Oh, but tell me some more of the tricks, Maisie. All right. Well, now, honey... There's nothing that brings a man running faster than a nice but wise smile. Smile? Uh-huh. Give him the kind of smile you would if you were secretly engaged to him. Oh, I think I begin to get the idea. Uh-huh. And when he comes over, you pretend to be very surprised and be sure he knows you're pretending. That makes him think he can see right through you. In this dress, a man almost could. Oh! Ah! What was that? Well, that's the regular evening rock. A guy who read your book throws it through the window with a mash note attached to it. Yoo-hoo! Yoo-hoo! Jenny Perkins! I love you! I love you! I love you! 
he's calling me. Yeah, but he thinks I'm you. Why don't you go to the window and look out? Okay. Hey! Cut that out! I love you, too! Jenny, I think you're making progress. Tomorrow we're going to introduce you as the real Jenny Perkins, and Maisie Revere's going back to being herself again. Ladies and gentlemen, and now here she is, the real author of The Lusty Lady and the real Jenny Perkins. Oh, oh, thank you, thank you. I suppose lots of you wonder where I got the characters for my book. Well, if you lived as near the Brooklyn Navy Yard as I do, you wouldn't wonder very long. Maisie, uh, who's that doll out there in that strapless, backless, and frontless dress? Well, that's the real Jenny Perkins. You didn't believe I really wrote that book, did you? Look, doll, you've had all the experiences. And if Gypsy Rose Lee can write books, you can too. But what did you give the whole thing away for? Oh, I just had to, Herman. I didn't mind too much being mobbed and signing everybody's autographs. But it wasn't on account of anything I did. It was only because they thought I was her. I love applause when it's for Maisie, but not when it's for a book. Come on, let's go. Book, schnook, what's the difference as long as you're making money? I... Uh Uh-oh. Here comes the manager. Well, I got my suitcase by the door, and I've been in these situations before. Herman, what's with that other girl out there? Is that the second shift? And which one is on the level? Oh, well, she's really the author. I was just filling in for her. Oh, okay, Herman, you owe me some money. I paid five grand for this, and you didn't deliver the real Jenny Perkins until now. Five grand? I thought it was 2,500. I, uh... Took a little larger commission than usual. Ah. Maisie, let me have the money I gave you. Ah, goodbye, Herman. It's been swell. Maisie, you can't do this to me. Come back here. Nothing doing. After what's happened to me, I could write a book. And you know what? Someday I think I will. In just a moment, we shall return to the adventures of Maisie. Well, paying out that money almost broke Squirming Herman's heart. It's a real big heart, too. It's about the size and temperature of a frozen strawberry. Little Jenny Perkins seems to be doing all right with the New York men, too. But most of the men she's with in her publicity picture seem to be Popeye. But maybe that's because of her decolletage. And she's doing all right in Brooklyn, too. Mrs. Kennedy wrote me that she's been going out with my steady boyfriend. Well, I guess that's life. As for me, I've heard of a wonderful job in South Africa, so I'm going down and summer ride on a boat. Come on, feet. That sounds like our transportation. 
Let's go. You have just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. was written by John L. Green. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. Supporting cast included Lorreen Tuttle, Frank Nelson, Jerry Hausner, Arthur Q. Bryan, Virginia Gregg, and Peter Leeds. John Easton speaking. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks 